This is Suzanne Cosgrove and Tom Thompson reporting for John Lothian News on the growing U.S. hemp market. Tom, you have been analyzing and writing about the monthly hemp market reports put out by Pan Exchange for much of the 2020 calendar year, including the harvest season. In your most recent column, you point out that producers, consumers, merchants, and processors are engaged in an economic experiment on a grand scale, trying to leverage hemp, an old commodity, into product for new technologically advanced markets, particularly on the industrial side of the sector. This is a kind of a unique opportunity, and I think it is an experiment. We're testing out what works, what doesn't work. A lot of times, uh, technological change is, is very slow, um, and the changes aren't uh, observable over normal periods of time because it just, you know, evolution and things like that. Um, you know, breeding and plants and things takes a long time. Um, but with this, we're bringing back something that was very old and we're plopping it down into 21st century America. Even though hemp has been a little bit more legal in a lot of other jurisdictions longer than it has been in the United States, no other country has really done the research into hemp growing and using it uh, like the United States will do. So that's why I think it's a really exciting product and it's really exciting time for this product. For listeners who are unfamiliar with the hemp market and think of it as just a way to produce CBD, tell us a little bit about the various uses for hemp, for example, animal feed or industrial products like fiber. Hemp for most people, the, the only thing that will, will come to mind other than marijuana um, is rope. There are hemp ropes and hemp ropes are around. There's, they are not as common as they used to be. Um, it's been, re, a lot of hemp rope has been replaced by newer, stronger breeds of cotton uh, and plastics and things like that. And, you know, um, wire, metal uh, roping, things like that, coiled roping. But um, that's what I think people are now calling true hemp is, that, is this fiber. And those plants are grown specially to produce long, strong fibers. Um, that's different from the plants that are grown for CBD, for example. Those plants are, tend to be shorter, bushier. Uh, the emphasis on their um, harvesting is when, the, when it's in flower. So they're looking for plants that are um, that flower a lot, that will produce a lot of seed eventually if they were allowed to go that far. Um, because that's the CBD, for example, is, is um, contained mostly in the, um, the buds and the flowers of a hemp plant. So that's true hemp, that's the traditional one. Then there's edible hemp. Uh, you see hemp seeds, hemp hearts, things like that. And those are ingredients usually in human food. Um, they'll be put into breakfast cereals, they'll be in your kind of granola bars and things like that. They are not particularly tasty by themselves, but they're extremely high in protein. So they're a good additional uh, 
food source, but I don't think most people would like to eat a bowl of them for breakfast um, with milk on them or anything. Hemp is also, the there are hemp oils. So the seeds of the hemp can be crushed and it becomes hemp meal, which is the animal feed. And then there is the hemp oil, um, which can be further processed into um, things like CBD, or if it's a low CBD version of, of the plant of hemp, then uh, the oil from the seed will be used in cosmetics and hand lotions, um, usually for external uses. Um, it'll be an ingredient in soap, um, for example. The fiber uses, I think, are a pretty exciting area of exploration. And one of the things that has been talked about and might, and this is where it's experimental. So there was a lot of talk a few years ago, about 10 years ago, about a thing called hempcrete. And it was um, a form of concrete that was made out of, was reinforced with hemp fibers. And one of the things that was cool about that was that it could be used, it could use the fibers from shorter um, hemp plants because it was, they weren't being used, you know, stretched out. The length of them wasn't important. It was kind of, they were going to be made into bricks or into, um, poured into walkways. But apparently that does not hold up over time. So um, the degrading has been uh, a problem. Another thing is that you cannot put a lot of weight on it. So it could not be piled into, it could not be used in structures. It could be used as the facing of a building. Um, you know, for example, how you have in America, we have wood houses, wood built houses, um, stick frame houses that have, you know, essentially fake bricks on the outside. They could be used for that, but there's really no reason to do that. So those are the main uses. It's for true hemp, edible hemp, straight out hemp as an ingredient, either in animal feed or um, human foods uh, as an ingredient for soaps and things like that, and as fiber. Oh, one last thing, you asked about hemp for animal feed. So that is being tested right now. So a lot of um, farms are experimenting with using it for chicken feed and also for pork uh, you know, uh, feed, pig feed. They would use soy meal, wouldn't they, mostly? A lot of times. But one of the advantages to hemp right now is that because it hasn't been grown and there are no pesticides that are specifically usable, I mean, for hemp, a lot of hemp is actually coming out organic. So if you're a farmer and you want to have organic eggs or you want to have organic pork, this is, an, is a high protein addition to your poultry feed or your hog feed. So I think it has a bit of an advantage there, um, at least temporarily. There's a lot of inventory to work through, right? From way back in 2019, last year. Can you talk about how that affected 2020? Was the amount planted in 2020 similar to 2018, 2019 rather? Well, we don't know definitively, but the, because uh, reporting of, of cropland 
devoted to hemp is um, in its early stages. It's not as well developed, it's not as required. Other farmland acreage is reported very, very consistently because there are lots of agricultural programs that, that depend on it. There are loans, there is insurance, there are, um, it's, it's just part of the whole economy. So with hemp being so new, there are not federal reporting, there is a federal reporting program. It's relatively voluntary at this point. It's not a byproduct of other programs like a loan program or the insurance programs. So we don't really know, but there were about 160,000 acres in um, 2019 devoted to hemp. Uh, the largest by far amount was devoted to CBD hemp. And this year, there's probably going to be about 100 to 105,000. Actually, I think those are pan exchanges numbers, and I think they're a little high. Um, I would think it's probably going to be more like 90,000 acres. A difference market-wise is going to be that our weather was a lot better this year than it was last year. So at field-grown hemp should be more productive uh, per acre. Yields should be better per acre than last year um, because it, last year was characterized by very cold and wet spring, which made it hard for planting, um, and then disastrously cold uh, fall with a very wide with very widespread snowstorms in the uh, northern part of the country, North Dakota, South Dakota, areas where um, hemp grown for seed is prevalent. So the yield probably won't be half of what was experienced last year. It'll actually, it'll be more than half of what was, was last year. It'll be quite a bit up, I think, per acre uh, compared to last year. So fewer acres planted, but more of a yield per acre. So moving towards planning decisions for 2021, what's the outlook on that? A number of things. One of them is that there's this huge overhang in the CBD side. And CBD can be extracted kind of at any time, you know, in the product. So it will be, it gets harvested and then it usually sits, it's, it's cleaned up, it's um, minimally processed for a while. And then it goes into uh, the processing cycle sometime closer to when it's going to be um, used in or sold. But storage costs money um, and the product CBD degrades in the plant over time. So there is a rush, there's not, I mean, the prices are so low that there's not a rush to get it out to market at this point. There, I, I would think that there will probably be significant waste when you look at the whole 2019 crop because it was so huge relative to the demand. Um, the prices came down so far and it's degrading over time. So that's a, still there, it's a big overhang. Another problem that the industry is going to face on the CBD side and purely on the CBD side is the increasing um, use of marijuana. And marijuana plants produce also, um, I mean, all hemp plants produce both THC and CBD. And there's you know, a bias 
of which one gets produced most by a plant, by a, a certain variety of plant, but it's there. And so depending on how processed the marijuana is, um, so for example, if it's just gonna be smoked um, as bud or something like that, then that's not throwing off any CBD opportunities. The consumer of the, of the marijuana is also consuming CBD at the same time. But if it's going into processed tinctures or edibles, things like that, then you can control, the producer can control for the CBD and if the CBD is valuable, um, it will be taken out, uh, can be taken out of the marijuana because it's being sold mostly for the THC content. So the more THC marijuana that's produced, the more CBD byproduct will hit the market. And the third thing that always is going to keep the um, CBD market, I think, in, in control or under control um, is that it's extremely importable. So there's some questions, legal and regulatory, about which state it's imported in and how it's done. But the amounts of, of CBD that are consumed, they're consumed by, you know, in humans in very, very small amounts. And if you've processed it all the way down to um, an isolate, a very, you know, a high concentration, a 99% concentration of, of CBD, those oils weigh very little. Um, they're very easy to ship. So you're never, I don't think you would be able to see big run-ups in CBD prices again. Is there, well, that brings to mind the whole idea of cross, crossing state lines. Is, that's a whole other issue, isn't it? Or is that not such a big deal with hemp? Effectively, I don't think it's a big deal at all. So I don't think it's a problem with hemp. It shouldn't be a problem with hemp. However, the different states still have the right to regulate it. And so there are some states that have regulations that are overhanging um, from earlier days when it was more regulated and, or and actually outlawed. So there, it gets very complicated, but I don't think you'll see much trouble with that because um, people just ignore it. So it's, it's, CBD is pretty accepted. Now, if, for example, there were to be leakage of marijuana-based or marijuana-derived CBD into the regular CBD market, then you would start seeing people worrying about things crossing state lines. Um, right now, I don't think it's a, it's a problem. Going back to the question of weather, has it been a big factor over the past few months? What's your take on that? Well, the weather has been really very favorable. This has been generally a good year for hemp production. Um, there were some losses of, of plants in the South around, I believe, Louisiana and maybe, well, I guess it was mostly Louisiana, maybe Mississippi, um, though I don't think they plant very much anyway. But, um, and that was due to a fungus. And that hemp, I believe, was mostly for fiber. Then there was a lot of damage 
we're, we don't really know. There, there's a lot of potential damage from the Northwest because of the fires during the summer. So I don't think that much acreage was damaged, but the smoke um, from, the, um, from the fires near where the plant, plantings were, where the, near the farms, that supposedly has had some effect on the quality of the oils and things like that. So it may have, it also may have um, interfered with some of the flowering of CBD plants. So there's some questions there, but otherwise it was a good year. U.S. regulation of hemp has been a really big issue. We talked about it a little bit, but while it's nationally legal, really, hemp has been. There's a lot of stipulation, especially for CBD hemp. Can you talk a little bit about how that's playing out? There, there are relatively few problems with regulation per se in CBD, in CBD hemp or in all of the um, non-marijuana hemp. But what has been lacking at the federal level, and it's coming on as part of the plans that come out of the 2018 Farm Bill, Farm Act. And so there still isn't a crop insurance program. Uh, so farmers can't get subsidized for hemp, yeah. Banks are still leery about loaning against this product. The government really hasn't, in the Department of Agriculture, they really have not yet started supporting its growth um, through research into uses, into um, farming practice. There's a little bit of research being done, but not very much. So uh, on that side, there are problems. Now on the other side, the FDA has not moved fast enough for in the opinion of many people in the hemp industry regarding CBD. And that's a very complicated commercial question because if you demonstrate that CBD has all these wonderful effects and is so good as kind of a medicine, then it should be regulated as a medicine. And then if it's a medicine, it can't be in your breakfast cereal. You can't be eating hemp hearts. It's a complicated issue but the FDA really hasn't done quite enough on that basic research or, it, and it's not, just re, it's not just research, it's a, you know, it's a commercial kind of consideration too. Um, then the business consideration is what I wanna say. Um, then the other part of the FDA problems are how it applies the, um, the tests for processing um, CBD, I guess, especially CBD. And so it's on, at certain points the, in the process, the quantity of matter that the processor is holding could have a THC concentration that is above 0.3%. So that's where our um, that's where the real regulatory concern is, but it's not really necessarily a problem yet because everybody's aware of it. They have not come out with rules about it specifically yet. Now, there are other issues, and some of these are kind of interesting. One of them is the state, these old state laws 
that have existed on the books for a while. If you're in one state, you could be next to another state and the processor for your hemp or CBD could be in the other state. But the levels and the testing and all that in one state is different, can be different from the testing of others in the other state. And so they can have problems crossing the state line. Mostly people will ignore that because it's, you know, it's, it's not, doesn't seem like a criminal kind of thing, but you could still be at risk for not complying in what, you know, transporting it into a state that has locally different regulations. Another set of issues comes from, it's more micro policy around farming. There's no um, uh, pesticides uh, approved for use on hemp. So people are using technically unapproved pesticides if they're using any pesticides at all. Mm -hmm. So that can bring you into problems, like if you're, especially if you're in a relatively um, heavily populated area. So for example, if you had a hemp farm on the outskirts of Chicago, your locality might prohibit you from using pesticides that have not been approved by the FDA or by USDA, I'm sorry. So that can be a very specific problem. There's a, so, and, but that's a local prohibition. So you could have that problem. Another problem would be just the idea of having a marijuana farm uh, next door or a, a cannabis farm next door. Cannabis farm could be totally legal. It could be, um, it could be producing only hemp, um, but hemp is identical in many instances to marijuana-based cannabis. So you've got law enforcement problems because the law enforcement has to keep checking on that, or you have to keep checking with the law enforcement or continuously demonstrating it. You have people around who aren't satisfied with those kinds of tests, and so they get upset with the um, local government. The, there are um, smell pro problems. So um, when the plant is maturing, so in the last couple of months, like from about mid-August to mid-October around here, um, it's pretty skunky smelling and can be very unpleasant. So there are additional rule problems down there. That's different compared with marijuana, right? Because a lot of marijuana is actually grown in greenhouses indoors, whereas hemp is more of a standard kind of commodity, correct? Well, in Illinois, yes, because you can't really rely, so reliably grow marijuana outside. But in the Northwest, um, or in California in the Northwest, a lot of it is still field grown. Um, but it is actually, because, because the fields were all developed when it was illegal, they're generally not in areas where there's a population problem. So there's nobody there to smell the marijuana. Um, so it's not, it's not such a big problem, but it is in other places. There was a case in Baltimore uh, County, Maryland, uh, where the farmers re received licenses to plant marijuana, uh, hemp plants. And the municipality, not the municipality, the neighbors complained to the municipality 
and they were trying to get the crop destroyed and things like that. Um, I don't really know how that shook out, but the legislators in the area were saying that it seemed totally legal. But you would expect that by next year, there will be a new regulation saying you can't do it. When we began, we talked about the grand experiment with hemp. So I'm wondering if you have any predictions on where you expect that experiment will take us next. You really shouldn't um, make predictions out while the experiment is still going on. So we don't really know. But it's I think it will be funded a lot better. Maybe not next year but the year after that. So and the reason why not next year is because the hemp production is still under kind of a pilot program with the USDA and not all of the states are fully um, inscribed into that program. So there's still a bit of reluctance for, there would be a bit of reluctance for the USDA to spend mo research money on it either you know, as for planting or for um, harvesting and, and uh, uses. But I think after another year or so, and when we have a new farm act, which should be in uh, 2023, it'll be winding up in 2022, I guess. Once we have a new farm act, then uh, money, will, it'll become a more regular kind of product and we'll have more routine kinds of research into research and development. Well, thanks so much, Tom. You're welcome. It was nice talking to you today, Suzanne. This is Suzanne Cosgrove and Tom Thompson for John Murphy News.